Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Monday, April 17th. Vaccine researchers are taking aim at more and more diseases these days, and now you can add a potential cancer vaccine to the list. We had the chance to discuss what could be a game changer in the battle against cancer with Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. Then we look at the concept of a midlife transformation and the positive side of making a major life change at or around the age of 50. We tackle the topic with Calgary-based mental health coach Christy Morden. And finally, every spring we wonder if the city of Calgary and surrounding area could see another devastating flood like we experienced back in 2013. We get some insight as to what's ahead in the coming months with Colleen Walford from the Alberta Environment River Forecast Centre. Dr. Ted Jablonski with us each and every Monday. We called him Dr. J, our on-call family physician. And uh, this week, vaccine researchers taking aim at more and more diseases, including perhaps even cancer. Good morning to you, Dr. J. Good morning. Um, this uh, headline leaps off of the page. Sue yeah. dug this up and said, hey, we got to talk to Dr. J about it. What can you tell us about this? Could this be a game changer? Uh, this this is a game changer. Um, and I think this came out early in the, in the COVID story and with the vaccine technology that was being developed. So I apologize to all the people who struggle with vaccines or the conspiracy theories around that. This was a new technology that is, is targeting specific tissue. So you can understand, we all have within our, our systems an immune system that can also fight against cancer if it recognizes it as cancer, as something foreign and, and can mount a response and kill it. But usually the can, there's, in the cancer cells, there's nothing specifically different that the body recognizes or doesn't recognize it well enough. So it doesn't fight it off early and it develops and we get cancer. So this is a way if you can identify a part of the cancer that's unique, make a vaccine against that unique part of the cancer, vaccinate somebody, their immune system can recognize a cancer and wipe it out, kill it before it actually becomes a cancer. This is revolutionary and this is absolutely where the future is going. Why have we only thought of this now? Well, because vaccine technology has not been there yet. Like we, the concept of this has been thought about for years and years and years, but there was no way to actually do it. In the lab, they were unable to figure out how you could make a vaccine that would actually accomplish that goal. With this mRNA vaccine technology, we now have a way of potentially doing it. So this, this is going to explode. So right now the research is on a very specific type of breast cancer, which is very genetically loaded. So <clears throat> this is not your typical breast cancer, but this is a very deadly breast, breast cancer, the so-called triple negative mm. breast cancer. Um, so a very small percentage of women get it, but that percentage has a very high death rate. So it's a very lethal cancer. So they've already identified a very specific protein which is uh, similar to when women are, are breastfeeding. There's a certain uh, protein that comes out, but this cancer really shows this particular protein. So if you can make a vaccine against that protein, now you might win. So this is a huge leap forward in this very particular type of breast cancer. I'm just thinking, Dr. J, as you explain that, uh, could it maybe be in the end that one of the unintended consequences of COVID-19 and the pandemic and the creation mm-hmm. of an mRNA vaccine and getting more knowledge under that mRNA umbrella, so to speak, could find the cure for cancer? And if you could speak to, to perhaps that kind of perhaps connection, but not just that, yeah. the unintended consequences in medical fields when, when research is done and, and finds a different use. So this absolutely, uh, Andy, this, this is so common where 
we're uh, we're forced into doing something whether we like it or not and we we learn a lot and by learning a lot we're able to apply it to a lot of different fields so the, the classic story historically is war in wartime medical technology makes huge leaps forward because you have to figure out how to you know uh, help uh, injured people dying people on the field uh, like uh, so there's a lot of technologies that get uh, quickly sped up so COVID was in similar uh, fashion. Uh, we had to figure out something because this could, in theory, destroy a lot of the human race. If you believe that, um, that uh, you know, a pandemic of this uh, could have the huge consequences. So our technology leaps forward. And by leaping forward, we learn a lot and we can apply it to other fields such as cancer. So absolutely, this has happened in the past. And, we'll, and this is definitely uh, one of the good side effects of COVID, if, if you can say it in those terms. So, Dr. J, they tested this vaccine on a recovering breast cancer patient. The results yeah. were really positive. Do you believe then, just you know, in terms of what you know about this so far, that this could be something that translates to various types of cancer and it really could be with the wave of the future? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes and yes. Uh, it's just that we're so early into this mm-hmm. and there's so many different types of cancer and each one will have a unique story to it. Um, so this particular triple negative breast cancer, thankfully, they, they were able to find this unique protein. You know, does every cancer have a unique protein? Can you actually match a vaccine to every unique protein? This is going to be a lot of time, a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of money to, to do this type of research. And with this particular vaccine, we're in the earliest human phases. There are so-called phase one studies. So this is just coming just after animal models. So the first human studies. So we are easily five to 10 years away from seeing this vaccine actually on the commercial market where women could actually get it. Um, So, you know, it's a long ways away, but I think it really opens a door, which is a very, very positive door uh, to be open because we've been trying to crack this nut for a long time. So this is a huge, I think, a huge um, favorable step forward. It's just we're not going to see it in a year or two. This is down the road. Yeah, you, you, we've, we've talked, you know, it's interesting. We wouldn't have had these conversations uh, just as we're talking about a vaccine that might not have been here if it wasn't for COVID. The fact that we have to get to those human trials and, and typically, um, you know, when it comes to human trials for something that might have many different facades, uh, we're not uh, booking these appointments for the shots quite yet. It would be, if, if, if this is found effective and they have to do the human trials, how long would it take to go to market? Yeah, so we're talking easily, easily five years plus. Because in human trials, we need to work out the dose. We need to work out, is there um, uh, a side effect that we are unaware of that's negative, that's not good? Um, so these are all the things that have to get worked out. And, and you you know, in the first phases, it's, you see what happens in the number of people you give it. In the second phase, now you're using a much bigger population. There's a third phase before you even get to, to bigger, the biggest trials. So there's a lot of steps that have to be done. But again, conceptually, this makes sense. And conceptually, there's no reason why we can't keep moving forward with this for this kind of cancer, for a lot of other kinds of cancers. So I'm very hopeful. I mean, this this is great news. That's fascinating and fantastic. I think now everybody's a little a little bit more hopeful too. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. J. Always appreciate it.
Okay, you betcha. Thank you. Dr. Ted Jablonski is our on-call family physician. So again, if you uh, are interested in doing a little more research, Carmen texted in because she said she had triple negative uh, breast cancer. So the researcher is, or he is actually the CEO of Anixa Biosciences, Amit Kumar, and Anixa Biosciences is the company that developed this vaccine. So fascinating, Andy, fascinating Absolutely, and if you want to write this down, uh, Carmen, it's A-N-I-X-A, Anixa Biosciences. The flood of 2013 devastated Calgary and the surrounding area. What is the state of the snowpack and uh, rivers this spring? Joining us with details is Colleen Walford, River Forecast Engineer with Alberta Environment River Forecast Center. Good morning to you, Colleen. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. I I think we've all learned, anybody who was in Calgary in 2013, it's not even so much the moisture that we have to worry about 100% within the city, uh, but it's what's coming our way. So can you give us a bit of a breakdown with the state of the rivers in and around Calgary as we speak? Sure, absolutely. So um, we did a water supply analysis uh, at the beginning of April, and we were looking at much below average flows in the month of March. So we're looking at sort of lower flows in the rivers right now in terms of the snowpack. Everybody can see that from the city of Calgary. Um, there were 20 snow surveys done at the beginning of the month. Um, 13 of those sites actually uh, measured within the lowest 10 years of record. So we're looking at much below average conditions. That being said, if you go to our rivers.alberta.ca website, you can actually look at some of the pillows. So those are near real-time gauges that report all the time. We've had precipitation in the mountains since the beginning of the month. Uh, some sites have come back into the bottom of the normal range. Uh, some sites are still below. So something, the, something that everyone would be familiar with would be Sunshine Village. That's still about 75 millimeters of snow water equivalent lower than normal. So we still have at least two to three, four weeks of potential accumulation before we start to see that really slow, gradual melt that we're typically um, familiar with. Uh, we could recover a little bit more, uh, but it's it's mother nature. We As, as I just heard, it sounds like uh, you guys are aware, and, and it does look like the weather models are showing uh, additional precipitation on Wednesday. So we might recover a little bit, but but it's too early to say. But Colleen, it sounds like, you know, with below average and average, uh, a little bit of a, you know, a breath of relief coming from a lot of folks that this probably won't turn into something as devastating as we saw back in 2013. It looks like it'll be sort of more of an average melt and an average you know, um, snowpack melting it into our river system, right? Well, um... Or is it tough to judge? Well, yeah, snow really just does play a a small role. It's it's an additional risk when it comes to potential flooding. We really do need to pay attention, though, to those big cold lows that come from the West Coast. Um, If anyone remembers all the way back to 2005, uh, there were high peak flow events um, in the Highwood and the Sheep. So we always do have to keep an eye on the sky. Uh, the snow just means that there's a, a lower input or a smaller input from the snow um, as we're going into those potential precipitation events. So, yeah, always keep your eye on the sky and and watch the website for advisories for sure. Calling to your point, you and your team and what you do, because you, you really break this down in the sense that you say the next several weeks are super important. We're 
uh, talking with you here on April 17th. Mm -hmm. It was the back half of June, June 19th, I believe, that we really started to see the effects in 2013 of those uh, floods and and the surging waters. But, uh, you know, so many factors. So if you can just talk a little bit more about the process and how you put these forecasts together, because having all that snow but not incredibly warm temperatures over a short period could influence melting, I would think, as well, uh, existing height of rivers and, and waterways. So if you can break down some of the processes, because it's, it's pretty intricate, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I find it very interesting. But sort of we're looking at long-range weather forecasts. We're looking at short-range weather forecasts for that precipitation. Um, that precipitation can cover a very large area of a river basin. When it comes to snow in the middle of June, so sort of June 19th, I'm, I'm looking at the Little Elbow Summit snow pillow right now. Um, there's half the normal pack, so it's melted quite a lot by then. And there's a very small portion of the basin that still has snow on it. So the biggest input uh, is really coming from that rain. Our weather models do model um, the rain on snow, so you could have a little bit of extra input um, because it's kind of like hitting concrete, if I could sort of say it that way. But again, it's like having a little bit of sidewalk in a very big green lawn. Um, The Sort of the lawn will be getting the the precipitation and the, the large amount of precipitation, but that little bit of sidewalk really isn't Uh, influencing too much that's happening at the end of the garden, for example. Uh, Good analogy. Colleen, can you kind of give us sort of, I don't know if there's one major thing or maybe a couple of major things that really made 2013 what it was and why it ultimately became so devastating? Absolutely. So it was a a fairly large low-pressure system. It did hang around for longer than the weather models had initially projected And the intensity of the rain was something that we hadn't really seen before. We were seeing 10 millimeters an hour, 15 millimeters an hour, and that was persisting for for up to seven hours. So that kind of intensity, it just does not give the ground enough time to absorb it. So so a lot of it's going to come off very quickly and enter the rivers fairly quickly. I want to ask you something you said, you know, to keep, uh, you know, on top of this situation. Where is the best place? Can you, can you give us your website, and is it kind of user-friendly for the average Calgarian or Albertan? Yeah, absolutely. So, again, the website is rivers.alberta.ca. Um, the image that first comes up is a map of the province, and any area that's under advisory will be highlighted a different color. So high stream flow advisories are yellow, flood watches are orange, so that's something that... Um, You know, you've got flooding outside of the river, but no major infrastructure is being affected. And then a flood warning, which would be red, and that would be sort of homes, roads, bridges, uh, that kind of thing that could be affected. Um, And then there's also the mobile app. Um, It's on uh, Android and iPhone, and that's just a way to get it on your phone. And you can see all the precip data and all the flow data on there as well. It's just click on the pins, you get all that information. Fantastic, Colleen. Thank you so much. Great advice, great uh, info for us. Really appreciate your time. Perfect. Thank you. Have Thanks. a good day. You too. Okay. Colleen Walford, River Forecaster Engineer, River Forecast Engineer with Alberta Environment. Um, and again, that website, rivers.alberta.ca might help you out. Maybe alleviate, uh, you know, relieve, relieve is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, Some yeah. of the fears that you might be having. And there's a lot of people who still flash back to what happened in 2013. That was a scary, scary time. Well, when you think about it, you know, the have we learned our lessons and we talked a lot about the infrastructure that has been changed are we has it been tested to the point 
uh, that we would, you know, not have another 2013. Those images, what really uh, strikes me is particularly Stampede Park oh, yeah. and the Saddle Dome. That was unbelievable. Um, insane. Like, truly. Yeah, up up until, you know, the, what is it, the first row of like it was It was waist, higher than a waist deep above the hockey boards, it looked like to me from some of these images. Yeah. In, incredible stuff. And a fun fact, yeah, in, I was a, a meteorologist. I still am a meteorologist, but I was working for Global Television in 05. And 05 uh, was in for Paul Dunphy. He was on vacation. I think he was in Greece for two weeks when we had the uh, torrential rainfalls in 2005. Oh, really? We actually had more rain in Calgary in 2005 than 2013. Really? But that does go to show that when it comes to that flood damage, mm-hmm. it's what's, again, what we mentioned to Colleen, what's coming our way, right? Yeah. So it's tricky and a tip of the hat to all they do because you know what? It's uh, one of those things that uh, we got to know. And uh, the more we know, the better off we'll be, right? You know, and that's the second example today of, you know, something good that has come out of something bad, right? Yeah. Because, you know, that flood was just devastating to the city of Calgary. We learned from it. We've got flood mit- mitigation in place now. We've got websites like that one to help yep. see and understand the flow. And it kind of relates back to, we talked to Dr. J earlier this morning, and we talked about a potential vaccine for breast cancer, sort of as a, you know, a end result of the vaccines yeah. that we were quickly able to get out for COVID. So sometimes something good does come out of something Absolutely. Okay, you're 50 plus and you have issues. How do you deal with them? We all have things that we carry through life and now there's someone to help you deal with your stuff. Joining us on this Motivational Monday is mental health coach Christy Morton. Good morning, Christy. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, Sue. Andy, great to be here. Bright and early. It is bright and early. It's actually not bright. No, it's not. This is not your normal wake-up time, I'm assuming. It's it's actually not. Yeah. No, oddly. We're grateful you got up nice and early to come. It's nice to have these discussions face-to-face important right and motivational monday is a chance for us to kind of get the listeners off on the right foot so let's start off with exactly what you do as a mental health coach specializing in trauma and midlife transformation well i support people uh it's i'm another layer of support for people in their mental health journey Uh, i work alongside uh, people who are already are working with a professional i don't i insist upon that um and i do one-to-one coaching. Uh, my sessions can last like three hours mm-hmm. uh, because we throw in some hypnotherapy in there. And what I love about that is that you get to, if you've ever been to counseling, I'm not asking, Who not hasn't? putting anyone on the spot. But, Why are you looking at me, Kristen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's really tough. You start getting into the flow and it's 50 minutes. Okay. And there's your time. Yeah. And so the three hour session allows for really good trust to be built up on both sides. I like that. Yeah. Which is wonderful. A term we've used this morning a couple times is that, and Sue alluded uh, to it when we were introducing you, Christy, was midlife crisis. Is that just a a convenient term? Is that just kind of cliche, or is there something to that? Uh, I did hear you talking about that, and and we do. I'm a a child of the 80s, and I remember 80s TV and the the Mm -hmm. guy with the muscle car having sex with the 20-year-old secretary. secretary. <laughs> Not that it's cliche, but yeah, that, was, that those were the 80s. That, those were the 80s, that's, and that's what we saw. Um, now there has been a shift. There has been a shift, and more women are going through it. Um, and that, I don't know why. Well, that's not true. I it, <laughs> it tends to be because women especially have this tendency to put everyone else first. And they do that for years and years and years. And then their, and their careers and their kids need less active parenting. And they finally have time to breathe and have time for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
and they realize that they're not happy. <laughs> right. It, it's that time to think. Yeah. And now, let's mm -hmm. face it, in our world, there are, you know, motivational people that will come into town. You buy tickets, you go. So I think there's a lot more opportunity for us to realize now who we are, how we feel, what we think, what our life's all about. And maybe that, yeah, we're not happy and, and we need to change that. So that's kind of where you step in that, to that help exactly move people I, through that. Th that's exactly right. To help people move through that to help them get back to the person that they were mm. before they started trying to please everybody else. Uh, which is a, it's, it's not, it's a very common thing, especially for women to do. Yeah. Uh, we wear a bunch of hats, you know, mother, wife, uh, career, all those things. Friend, that, that supporter. Friend, exactly. And so you just wear all of those hats. And once you take them off, you have to find out who you are underneath all of that. Right, well, I want to bring it back one more time, Christy, mm. if we can, and that is, okay, so this connotation in the 80s was spending money you don't have on a muscle car, something impractical, and maybe having a, a sexual relationship with someone 20 years your junior, maybe in the workplace. But are there positive ways to, to approach a midlife crisis, to go through cr great change, and use it to your advantage and, and not be something of a negative connotation? No, and that's why I don't actually like the word crisis anymore. We're, we're past that. We're into midlife transformation mm -hmm. or uh, midlife alignment or realignment mm -hmm. with the person that we should be. Uh, there's a, uh, I wish I, I cannot remember who it was, but there's a wonderful quote that says that hell is at the, your last day on earth, the person that you became meets the person you could have become. Mm, yeah. Ooh. Which is really powerful yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's what I do is I help people become who they want to become, the, their their ideal self. I love that. And I mean, we all have, as I said at the beginning too, we all have things that we carry, right? Whether you want to call them traumas or baggage or issues, whatever. We all have them from childhood. We carry them into midlife. And I think sometimes those are the things that whap you in the face too. And you think, wow, I didn't deal with those. I'm not happy. I'm not, maybe not happy with myself, but I'm not happy with my relationship or all the things that surround us. So how do you deal with things within too that might be a trauma or a, a piece of baggage, for the example? piece of baggage. Uh, we, we are really good at dealing with the big traumas, right? We, you know, abuses and things in childhood, we're very willing to go and see somebody about that. It's the micro traumas, the, the, the small T traumas that really hit us. Uh, the teasing that we went through that just stay with us and make us feel constantly feel less than, not worthy, and not good enough. And that is, that's where, that's where I step in. That is, mm -hmm. that is my forte is to bring people to a place where they love themselves. And I hate to get all, I know it's Motivational Monday, but I don't want to look like the cat poster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. So, Hang in there. So <laughs> if, the, uh, if you're at the end of your rope, uh, tie a knot, is that what they say? <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. No, so you can hang on, whatever. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Oh, oh. I didn't say, I said not, not news. Um, so... I'm sorry, Christy. This is Sue DL. Um, if, how do you know if you're not just in a rut, if you're not just like bogged down with life or tired, how do you know it's beyond that? I should really talk to somebody and get some outside help. What are the signals? If you think you should get some outside help, you should get some outside help. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just that simple. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not here there? to diagnose yeah. anyone. Yeah, yeah. 
How do I get there and I say, okay, talking to my friends isn't helping? Right. Is there something we should look for? Yeah. Uh, Look, do talk to a professional. Uh, Absolutely. But look at situational things. Take, um, I would do this with a friend. We would actually rate ourselves, our, our emotional state every day. We would, we would check in with each other, and then we would look at it, what external factors are feeding into this. And if you can look and you can say COVID or you can say, you know, whatever life stressors you've got going on are contributing, you know you're going to get through it. If you're bogged down and there's nothing particular going on, that's when you really do need to, to speak to someone. So psychological help, you know, you can see a psychologist and sort of deal with some of the traumas, et cetera. And then we see you as a coach to help figure out where we belong, what we want to do. The next phase, we've got still a long life once you hit 50. There's a lot of years ahead and great years ahead. Absolutely. So lots of room to move, to grow. So do you have a couple of tips that you can, you know, help our listeners with to get motivated today and beyond in that sense? Absolutely. Uh, You know, I was going, what I wanted to say was, I wanted to tell your listeners that they matter, that they're worthy, that they are already perfect just as they are. But instead, I'd like to enlist them deputize them to go out into the world and give that to other people. Give it to your family, obviously, but give it to your barista. Give it to your uh, cashier at Sobeys. Give them the love. Make them feel seen and worthy. And that helps you in, in, you know, when you give that to other people, that's that pay it forward concept. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look people in the eye and see them. Incredible. so, So simple. It's so common sense, but how often do we forget mm-hmm. uh, that sort of process? Thank you so much for your time this morning, getting up bright and early with us for Motivational Monday. We appreciate it. Thanks, Christy. Thanks for having me. It's Christy Morden, a mental health coach specializing in trauma and midlife transformation. Want to know more about what she does? Shatterthepattern.com.